Ladies and gentlemen, what's up? This is BC. We got another special episode of the podcast here. I'm interviewing a longtime friend of mine, which I'll let introduce himself here in a second. Um, you guys know what to do. Go to my website for anything. You guys can DM me for anything. Um, I've been interviewing a lot of people recently because I want to feature business owners and not only my friends, but people who are doing really well. And, you know, David and his brother have been in the business for a long time. When I was starting uh, real estate, and the whole entrepreneurial side, even back when I started about, about 10 years ago now, even then YouTube existed, but it was different, right? It wasn't like the go-to place. And when you look things up, you really wouldn't find anything. Like back then it's 2012 and 13, if I typed in real estate or sales or cold calling or door knocking, you wouldn't see much, right? I think back then uh, we had a phone call or two videos of David, I think Derek Lipsky, right. Who I role played with for like two years. Yeah. Um, and that was it. And then I think, uh, another friend that I had Greg McDaniel up in Northern California, right. He was door knocking and he had like a little polo on and he was given some basics on door knocking. So that was it. You didn't have all these playlists and all these other things. It was a different world. And I forget how me and David and, and, you know, your brother got, uh, connected, but it was cool, man. So welcome back. My friend it has been a minute. Nice. Thanks, man. So uh, I've done a lot with David, but I'll allow him to introduce himself and give you guys a little bit of background because uh, we have a lot to talk about today. Yeah. So basically, I immigrated to the U.S. when I was nine, you know, and then from there, I just kind of was just like a regular kid figuring it out, you know. As time went on, I eventually got into, did a bunch of different jobs. I ended up getting into uh, real estate about 13 years ago and then um, struggled through the business. And now I don't struggle through the business. It's pretty good. Now it's pretty good. We just donated a whole day for like red day today, which is where you, you like volunteer. And every time we volunteer for like any event or like donate money, I just think like how amazing it is to grow because you could give so much more, you know? Yeah, I feel like I would have never done any of these things if before. Right. Yeah. Even to be in that position, right. is amazing. So it sounds like you got in back in like 2009, huh? like pretty much right after it bottomed out and crashed. Right. Yeah. Bad time to get in. I think that's what people say. So how was that, bro? How was those first couple of years? So the first year, I think we only did one sale. That was a referral. It was a condo. The volume of the condo was 114999 like 115000 And uh, our first client was a referral from another agent, and we were getting paid a referral fee. Um, that didn't go well. You know, I got like yelled at for doing the wrong thing by the client's mother because like I was doing something wrong, even though I was doing nothing wrong. But anyway, that was my first deal. And then after that, we were in the business like five years before we did, I think, 30 deals. Right. So from one to 30 was a big struggle. We ended up like getting evicted out of a one bedroom apartment, like things just weren't well financially, you know, and I had a three year old. And then like after that, at some point, things switched little by little. But I think really it just took it was just the growth, you know, and once that happened, then now it's like it moved. It, things move much quicker these days from all aspects, you know, from like my ability to manifest and finances. Yeah. 
So the DNA aspect, you and your brother, Dave and Arthur, was that from day one or did you guys get in at separate times? He started off at a rental company in Boston and um, that place was called Next Gen. I started off at like an hour and a half from where I lived because that was I literally got my license and then went and got a job the next day. So the first job that hired me was like an hour and a half away. So I'd sit in traffic every morning. So we weren't at the same companies at first. He started off doing rentals and I started off doing sales. And then I just told him like, hey, why don't we get into it? We do it together, right? Like, and then we joined together at Century 21. And then we jumped some companies after that. And we just been together ever since. Any, any move we make, you're not going to see one of us without seeing both of us. I know, right? It's rare to see that, bro. And for actually family to work together, not only this long, but actually get along. You know, it's even more rare, bro. <laughs> yeah, bro. We do get along for sure. You know, one thing that, that I want to highlight that really drew me to you guys was the old school stuff, right? The cold calls. Was it always like that with you guys from day one? Or did you try other stuff and then you fell into cold calling just out of a, a random reason? Um, so we actually did cold calls and we did door knocking a little bit and we just door knocking. We're like, this is going to take us forever. So, and it like seasonal. So like winter time, you know, so we, we just decided, Hey, we're just going to call. Uh, the reason for that was because the company where we joined together, the guy says to us, he goes, Hey, do you guys, um, we're, we're like, what do we do to get business? You know? And he goes, well, you cold call. He gives us a book, right? Just how they used to do it. I think that's how real estate companies do it. Right? Like study the scripts and whoever's willing to study, they'll like pay attention to you a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, so we take the scripts. They were Mike Ferry scripts. We start studying and we, then we go back to the guy after six months of calling and not getting any results like we're just calling and everybody's like, F you don't talk to me, forget it. Like <laughs> all the bad, like all the negativity. And we go back to him and we go, Hey, how do you do business? And we're like, do you cold call? Cause what he was teaching us, like just wasn't what our experience ended up being. Mm -hmm. So we said, Hey, did you cold call? And the guy says, no, <laughs> I don't cold call. I get my business from sphere of influence. And we were like, what? <laughs> and no, we, we were like, so mine. But we were halfway down studying scripts every day, mm. paying attention, believing that what we were reading and learning could work because we didn't know. And our friends and family, um, that nobody was in a position to be buying real estate. I don't think most of us like even knew you could own a house because we didn't grow up in a house. So... A year, a whole year went by, we got hung up on, and then we started taking listings. And uh, after that, then like once you do one, we knew that it worked. We kept studying, kept doing it. And I think little by little, that business became our sphere business. Hmm. You know? How long, because there's a multi-layered question here, how long was it? from just banging out the phones to now, okay, we're working our sphere of influence and it's starting to give us a return. Like you're consistently getting business. Now, was that years or did you start seeing the return right away? Five years into the business, we were getting evicted out of a one bedroom apartment. 
in 2017 or 18, I was still living in an apartment. I didn't even own real estate. The only reason I didn't own real estate is because I, I wasn't making crazy money. Yeah. Right. And I couldn't get approved and I didn't put myself on salary. And uh, in 2019, I bought my first house. So that means like I saved a lot of money to buy my house. Mm-hmm. That means I was probably making money maybe like a year into it. So I think from 2017 came to a point where I actually started making so much that I could save. My bills were paid yeah. and I had a couple low months. So you figure from 2009, 2007, I think my road was like at least along like seven, seven years before I really was able to like pay my bills and take care of business and then save so I could buy stuff. Yeah. That's some consistency, man. So what, what, what do you think it was that helped you guys crack that like first to 30 deal? I know you mentioned that in the beginning, that was like yeah. the, the long, hard road. What do you think were some things you did right or wrong there that really maybe facilitated that or made it take longer? Or what are some things you would have changed if you were to go back to get to 30 quicker to then start, you know, growing? Yeah. I don't know what I did wrong. I know what I did just, or what I did right. I just know what I did and how it worked for me. I think that um, what could I do to make it quicker? A part of me thinks I couldn't because I'm a big believer in like, that's my road. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like me taking that long ended up me doing a hundred last year. I just thought I was going to do that hundred the first year in the second year Mm -hmm. in the third year. So me and my brother, like, obviously all the generic things we always read books i still read always went to all these seminars that people go once and they go this is stupid <laughs> right we actually met each other at a seminar remember i ran yeah. over and i was like what's up bro yeah right and uh that was a mike ferry seminar and i think like we kept going when there were people that would go once and go like this doesn't work this is, fucking, this is dumb yeah and um yeah like maybe it's dumb but me making the money I'm making right now, I think all those things contributed. And the main things we did was like always in a business, always study our scripts, always role play, always do the stupid things they tell you to do. In in um, personal life, I would we always took seminars. We always go to seminars. We're always learning. We're always reading. We're always sending each other stuff like all the time everything i can learn on youtube and stuff i think that you know there's a quote by jim Rohn that says like make a million for what it'll make of you to make a million have you ever heard that yep and uh i think that's what happened is like you grow because you figure that's 13 years in the business now i'm a different person you know what i mean yeah you grow so much and you learn so much. And I think generally speaking, your income grows with it. Well, we went to 30 deals, probably um, one, two, three, like year four or five, but 30 deals, we still didn't have money. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just like, for some reason was not enough. Like I wasn't buying a new car, 30 deals. Right. No, but the the interesting part is like when you look at that timeline, generally speaking, that's actually to go from, you know, where you started to 100 deals in 10, 11, 12 years. That's incredible, bro, because the vast majority of people will never do that. And that timeline to me sounds adequate. It's now the social media culture that's like, oh, man, you know, that's too slow or, oh, I need to be successful tomorrow when they don't realize like, yo, 
you know, you have to, in Spanish, to say pagar derecho de piso, like you have to earn your position, you know? And a lot of people just aren't willing to put in year after year after year to build that foundation to then have the success later because there's no trade-off. I mean, do you know anybody? I can throw this to you because you're in a different area. Do you know anybody who went from zero to 100 and kept that after two, three, four, five years? I don't. Zero to 100 and kept it. I don't because I, I don't know, but I know like it's not easy to do 100. Like I know that for sure. And I think it gets slimmer, but there are also people doing so much more, you know, but yeah. Yeah, I think to get there was such a just a mental battle. But yeah, I agree. Sometimes people don't understand. It took us a long, like, it's a long time, man. Seven years, like you want to cold call people for seven years and get hung up on. I know year five, I was better. But believe me, there was some person that said the wrong thing to me that I wanted to like drive to their house. And like, <laughs> you know what I mean? With bad intentions, like it's, it gets under your skin. I don't care who yeah. you are, but yeah. Hey man, you know what I mean? I got better and I did like, I'm not mad at none of those people. And a lot of them, like I do have incredible stories. Like we sold one lady's house for sale by owner, put the house on the market, never sold the house. We overpriced it. Cause in the beginning, even if you get listings, you overpriced cause you're rookie, you know, you don't know. Yeah. Ended up selling her sister a house, ended up selling her brother-in-law an investment property, then resold the investment property, sold them another investment property, resold that investment property, helping them look for like over like 50 units. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, that's like crazy. Cause that came from me calling somebody and be like, Hey, this is Dave DNA realty group. Like they get you at a good time. The I saw you have a house for sale, right? For sale yeah. by owner. I was just wondering if I get you, maybe I get you more commissions than you could get on your own and I can market it better, you know, and take yeah. care of all the work for you. And, uh, she's like, sure. And I was like, okay, well, I gotta go pick up my son, but my brother's going to come meet you. And, uh, that's how that deal came. You know, like I got so many stories like that. That's awesome, bro. Can you, um, cause a lot of people don't have, like, I bring you on, right. And I bring on some of these guests that are doing 50, 7,500 deals, can you maybe explain, because I'm going to ask you several questions now, maybe like the journey. Here's the first question. The journey from zero to 30, was that much more rigorous and hard that than going from 30 to 100? I think what I did last year, I joke, but I'm not joking. I personally feel like I worked the least amount out of all the years I've ever worked. That's amazing, man. So I think that it's hard like labor work in the beginning mm. and now it's more it's still labor but it's more thinking and just like mm. i think my executions of things are much more accurate because of the years that i spent mm. laboring so i think it makes me think like i kind of know you know what i mean just like my son if my son came into business i'd be like don't do this do this don't do this do this here's your playbook so it's like i got a playbook in my head so i think this year is easier Awesome, bro. I love that. How about uh, execution wise? Because I know you mentioned execution. What what um, I guess what what I could ask you is the person who is doing because the vast majority of people who follow me are probably zero to 30. Right. That's just, a, yeah. you know, the, the majority of it. Yeah. What do they need a switch, you know, as far as up here to really start 
positioning themselves to be more of a 30 to 100 deal agent versus being stuck in that mentality of zero to 30? To be 100. So to go from zero to 30 to 100 person agent. Yeah, like some of the things that you would say are the difference, because I remember how I thought and what was going through my mind, zero to 30 or even zero to 40 compared to like 50 plus big difference, you know? I think on a technical technicality, if you obviously study scripts and if you obviously like focus, like keep your mind focused on doing a hundred and you, the one thing I know for sure is if you want to increase your business, what we learned one time we shadowed, uh, we shadowed my friend, Kyle, this guy, like out of Rhode Island works really hard. Like, and we basically saw him and we realized like, this guy is working way more than we're working. And we thought we were working. Right. So it goes back to that thing. You said like, earn it this dude was working and doing way more business than us. So we, we went home and we thought like, Hey, are we actually work putting in the kind of time that it would really take to increase our personal production, me as a sales agent. And we, and the answer was like, hell no. Like we thought we were working, but we're not right. Like I'm, I might watch a movie at night or go to the gym and this dude is working. Yeah. So then what we've realized is like, A, you got to put in way more work, like actual field work. So we, so we increase that, that obviously that energy improves your results. But I also think you can't go from zero to 30 and you definitely can't go from 30 to 100 because something's off in the brain and in the heart. And that puzzle, like for me personally, I don't even know what it was. I think that um, when I think about it, I think that my personal financial thermostat was so low. Like I literally had to visualize myself getting my car and I almost struggled with like the fact that I believed it or not. Then I had to visualize like, I want this big, I want this big house, but I never grew up in like a big house. Like I couldn't get myself to really believe it. So I just said, maybe there's like I, rings to the ladder. Maybe there's rings to the ladder. Like you don't go from the bottom to the top of the ladder, right? This like one, this steps. Yep. And maybe you can't skip steps. Yep. Even if the ladder had like a one piece on the bottom and one piece on top. If you're super strong, like I'd probably climb up there. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? But most people are not climbing up there. And if the ladder's long enough, even the strong people are going to get like fatigued, you know? So I think like, just go think, what is my next best step? And then focus on that. You know, I think that, and also keeping people that we started becoming friends, just like you, like with people that do way more than us. All my friends do so much more than me. And uh, you know what they say, birds of a feather flock together. I feel like just seeing them, even if I don't do it this year or next year, it just makes me want to do it and it changes the energy. So I think like the belief part of it is bigger than the execution. Because once you commit mentally, you could probably do it. It's just that I personally didn't believe. Like I didn't believe it. I could, I could tell people I believed it, but 
man, let me tell you, I'm still working on like thinking bigger. Yeah, man. You know, it's interesting you brought that up because like, I remember when was it when I went to go visit you guys a couple of years ago, right? What was it like three, four yeah. years ago? Yeah. I don't even think it was that long ago. Yeah. I know it was before COVID and everything. So I would say at least three years and yep. you know, you got, you guys are listening to Dave say that. And when I went over there, I'm like, man, these dudes are the Kings of Boston right here. Like in my mind, they're Titans, you know, like, man, these guys own Boston real estate. And then you hear Dave himself, like, man, I'm still working on it. So it's interesting that he brings that up because that was one of the pivotal things for me too. I hit a point where I remember one day, um, this was early on to one of probably the few days in my first couple of years where I didn't work because yeah. basically I was feeling sorry for myself. I was upset. And then that day, you know, in the evening, not even that late into the night, I said, man, I'm, I'm my own worst enemy right now. I was like, this, this is the problem. I didn't work today because what I want to sit here and like bitch about it. Like that's not going to do anything. That's not going to put deals, you know, together. Right. That's not going to put you know, money in my pocket. That's not going to give me commission checks. That's not going to do anything except for make this situation worse. That was for me a moment when it clicked. And I said, all right, the thinking's got to upgrade. Everything has to upgrade for me to be able to navigate my body, this vessel, at least emotionally right. in a stable way to where every day I do what it is that I need to do. Because that's when I hit a point of saying, how come logically I want to accomplish something or think big? but my body isn't letting me. That doesn't make any sense. It should be the opposite. My mind is senior to my body. I need to be able to say, I want to do something and then do it. No problem. And, you know, aside from crazy stuff, like, oh, I'm going to fly, right? Like, yeah. you know, Hey, I want to manifest something. Hey, I want to make the calls or do something like I can do that. And that's what led me to start really studying that stuff and, and getting into it. Now I had that epiphany early on. I was probably in my first year and, and that's what created that obsession that then led to the, the, the continuous effort, the, the discipline, the commitment and all that. And the, the first thing that you brought up, bro, was actually going to be my next question. You met the dude and you're like, man, I thought I was working. These, this dude is, is hustling. And, and that was the number one thing, dude, I wanted to bring up because a lot of people, especially today, they're not working, bro. Number one, they don't know what work is, but number two, they're not yeah. putting in the time. They think yeah. that watching YouTube videos and messing around and getting coffee, you know, that's working. It's not yeah. like I remember. And, and then I'll throw it back to you. I was on the phones and on the doors, at least I would say five or six hours a day, those first couple of years, at least. How about you guys? I started off doing like three hours. Then I realized that wasn't enough. And then at my most committed point, I was like five to seven hours a day just like calling, following up consistently, like every day. If you walk by my office, it was like clockwork for five hours, six hours. I'm calling and calling and calling. So I think like that's, yeah, I know like you can't do it less than 15 hours a week and see any results. Yeah, man. And, you know, to hear all these people, because I, I would listen and I would hear people say, man, I'm working so much and I would go see them or get a breakdown of their day. I'm like, bro, you're not doing anything. Like you ain't working. You know, all these people that are putting together 50, 75, 100, even if they're at a higher level, they're still putting in their couple hours calling their sphere. You know, there's still those concentrated pockets of hard work to where I see the average person. They're so distracted. If you sent them a 10 minute training video, they don't even have the attention span to watch that, but they want to run a multi-million dollar business. It just doesn't make any sense. So I know you mentioned going to events and stuff, man. Can you maybe list some of the people that you studied and some of the events you went to? Because I think that's key in this growth aspect. Man, I wish I remembered them all, but I 
I studied literally everybody that there is to study that I think whose name I've ever heard dropped, but I obviously been to the Tony Robbins seminar, Unleash the Power Within. I've been to the T Heart where you walk on fire. I've been to T Harvecker seminar where you like break that arrow with your neck. Yeah. Um, we've been to like a bunch of local seminars. I've been to geez, there's so many. Um, I've obviously heard speakers like um John Maxwell. I go to the Keller Williams seminars. And then um, also, like, I studied Jim Rohn, Les Brown, um, Eric Thomas, like, whoever's who and like Gary V. I still think he's fairly new. Like, everyone, I listen to you, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, everybody. And I think that um, that I've always done, and I'll, and I'll always do it. I just think, like, just like I tell my own kid, like, at the end of the day, when does learning stop? Never. Never. Yeah. Right? Never. Never. That's the, that's the end. Like, once you get out of school, like, it could stop. But if you're looking for growth and becoming a better person and just, like, the highest level of yourself, it never stops. Yeah, man. And I think you and your brother are like a shining example, kind of like what I did. We just stuck to the path and we never deviated from it. Like we weren't, you know, with this desperation that most people have like, oh man, I need to make a million this year. I can't wait. Like, which they do. It's going to come when it's going to come. I'm going to do what I have to do and and what I've committed to doing, I'm going to do. Right. So for you guys now, to most people, you're at the top of the mountain. What does the next, you know, maybe one, two, three years look like for you and your brother? And where do you guys want to take this uh, this DNA empire? Yeah, I don't know. I think in the beginning, not even that long, maybe five years ago, I was driving a 1999 Cadillac SLS. It was old. And uh, then I ended up getting a Honda Civic because I could get approved for it. And now I got a Mercedes, right? C300. And uh, I love it. I think like it's cool. I don't need nothing crazy. I'm not like one of these people that needs crazy stuff, but it's nice. You know what I mean? When I drive around town, I feel like it's a head turner for sure. Then I bought, then I ended up buying my house. Then we bought a million dollar building that's now worth probably like 1.3, 1. 1.4. And then, and then we're going to close on another one that we got under a mill that's worth like 1.3. And uh, I think for me right now, A, I'm extremely grateful. Like, because at this point, I think most financial things that I used to struggle with, like flat tires, breaking down on the side of the highway. Mm crying because i couldn't because i was like late on rent again you know my kid was like three and four and five like i don't i don't think i have those problems and i probably won't and now what i want to do is just keep growing my portfolio like real estate so i could leave stuff to my son and show him how to run it and like continue that aspect of it but then the other thing i thought like the more i make of myself the the more I can like help people and make people around me better. And I'm very picky about who I let around me. You know, we talked about it last time. I like, I don't care. I unapologetically, unapologetically cut people out of my life. Yeah. Cause I don't care. 
but that, that, that there's nothing wrong with that. Right. I think society has labeled that as wrong, but especially as people start, um, I don't even want to say ascending the ladder of success because then people just think it's money. Yeah, I just say, as you develop right. as a person, you become very hypersensitive to the people that you have around you. Right. You don't want bad energy around you. It's not even about, Oh, you got to be a billionaire yeah. or a millionaire. Yeah. It's I only want good people around me, man. Cause you, you realize how important that is and how even those little moments of, of them being negative or something like that, how it spills over. And it's like, dude, why? Right. Like why, why we finally realize we have the option and the opportunity to say no, yes, no, no. And it's almost like a superpower at the end of the day, because when your existence gets more shaped on how you create it, then the results start to change. And you start, like you saying earlier, you manifest what you want, right? Like uh, I've been told by people like, oh man, people in Miami are assholes. I'm like, dude, everybody who I've come across is amazing. My neighbors are cool. Everybody I met's like, hey, what's up? Yeah. I'm thinking y'all are, y'all are nuts. You know what I mean? But yeah. it's yeah. them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's but them. Too. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that 100%. That's yeah, nuts, man. It's crazy. So cool, man. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. I know we're going to continue this conversation later, dude. I'd love to get maybe you and your brother on at some point. Uh, so we can get the one-two punch from from Boston. Oh yeah, well I'll let him know. I think he's I think he's ready to go. I don't know where he is right now. He's probably in the other office. Yeah, all good, man. Yeah, so, but I uh, think I think that's like just how it goes. You know, at the end of the day, it's like you know Jim Rohn said, some people you could spend every day with five hours a day or two hours a day. Some people you can, you only need to spend one time with, you know, and some people you could spend like just a minute with, you know, yeah. and you gotta be picky about that. I mean, it's your life, but that energy is contagious and it could be good energy and it could be bad energy, but it, right. without a, without a doubt, it's contagious. And it's like you, if you let that be around you and then, Obviously, we all have negative days, but like if they're stacked, if you got people that stack it consistently, like that's crazy. That's crazy. It's hard to move ahead with things like that because it weighs you down. Yeah. Yeah. I've always told people you're going to get that stuff in life anyway. It's inevitable. But to now have control over unnecessary or extra drama and those types of things is what you want to minimize because you get it. You get it anyway, bro. You open up your phone. You turn on the TV if you happen to do that and everything getting thrown at you is negative drama, gossip, right? I mean, even just sometimes walking around, I hear the conversations that people are having even on their uh, doorstep if they're on the phone or with other people. And I'm like, man, y'all, y'all cause the drama. You know what I mean? You don't even realize that you're perpetuating it by just voicing it. It's crazy. And it's crazy. You know, I like went to go get gas today and um, this one guy, everybody's quiet, right? But like drama is usually really loud. It's, you know. <laughs> And uh, everybody's quiet. And this dude was playing something in through his car on repeat, like a talking of like just a bunch of like negative things about the government and this. And it, it was like repeat, you know, like over and over this morning. And uh, me and this lady next to me, we were just like laughing. And she was like, what is he saying? Is that about like whatever? And uh, then I was like, don't worry about it because you're going to hear it again because this guy has it on repeat. Yeah. And like, that's what that dude is playing in his head, like full of hatred and just like the world's out to get me kind of mentality. There's no way you can move ahead with a mindset like that. And like, that's what I mean. Like, would I let that kid, that guy play that to me that many times all the time? And the answer is no. 
And yeah. some people aren't exactly saying the same thing on repeat, but they, they kind of have that same repeat energy of just like, ooh, yeah. it's enough to sink a ship in my mind, you know? Absolutely. So uh, if we're going to give you guys a shout out, man, for uh, referrals or anything like that, where do you want me to send them? Um, DNA Realty Group. DNA Realty Group. You can find us anywhere, I think, if all social media. Cool, man. Dope. Well, thanks for coming on, my dude. Appreciate you. Thank you, man. I'll talk to you later. All right, man.